Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network. That is 49 stations and on the brand new listener app. This is an exciting moment for the show as we celebrate an incredible career in music, radio and an album that should definitely be celebrated. Looking forward to hearing these tracks live, of course. Double Agents, tracks I can't have now. Bottom line two, I welcome the one and only Mr. Dave Butterworth, the Triple M's homegrown man and a double agent. This is going to be exciting to hear these songs live. Very exciting. We don't play much. We're pretty pumped about it. Do you remember uh, when the band first got together? Can you give us a timeline of when the band first started? 2000. Nice, man. 2000. Myself and the drummer Miles had been in another band before that yeah. and um, that you know, naturally fell apart and we wanted a, a slightly different direction, more a bit more garage, a, bit, a little bit of country thrown in there too, but nice. didn't want to be either. Yeah. So we just, um, yeah, then we just swung around and grabbed a few other people along the way. And yeah, 2000s when it began. Yeah, awesome. Can you tell us about, um, I remember a little bit, but I think you were more established and you had obviously a bigger following, what the music scene was like in Melbourne, especially the early 2000s. I mean, it was super exciting. Like you it had bands really... like, you had the Strokes, the Vines, Jet, like, like rock music was back, man. It was back. It's kind of weird. It's a, it's a strange, strange to look back on it now. And having been one of those bands that was around so much and, and you know, when, uh, friends of mine's bands, you know, myself, like guys like Jed or whatever would play, they played before us, you know, but certain bands made it and certain bands didn't. Yeah. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles and it's always been like that in music. Yeah. But it was really quite alive as far as, I guess, uh, rock and roll being a potential for someone to put out your record, you know, or maybe make not really a career out of it. Cause you, I didn't really, I don't think you think like that yeah, when yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. In, you know, at, at a certain age. But to uh, to just do stuff like to get get to Europe, which we did in two thousand and four and two thousand and eight. But you know, we played with all the bands that were kind of hot at that time, and mm. you know, like the White Stripes is the one that everyone knows about. But there was a whole bunch of others like the D Four and that kind of stuff, which yeah. was all. It was actually just really good fun, and everyone was having a good time. Everyone was friendly, and it, I guess it wasn't too serious. Mm. I think it's rock as a business has perhaps come a bit, yeah. become a bit more serious mm. with festivals and all that kind of stuff now. And there's big money in it, but it was really more just about, oh, can we travel overseas or yeah. are we going to get a record deal? Not a, a big money one, just someone, anyone to put out something, you know? Yeah. And I felt like, uh, especially in Melbourne around that time, you had some awesome venues. Like yeah. uh, the ESPY was really firing at all cylinders. ESPY was amazing. I mean, it wasn't like the eighties as opposed to it was seven nights a week, but you know, you could go to on a Tuesday night, there'd be yeah. a rock and band playing. You go to the Evelyn, you go to, Punch oh, Club. Man, man, you, you go everywhere. Um, the tote was firing then. The tote was firing then. And then you go Southside too. You had like uh, the Duke of Windsor. Yeah, I think we played at the final Duke of Windsor. You know, it was before it got turned into like a, the last I week. I think that was probably us with Jed and Dallas Crane and all those kind of, it was a huge, it was like a week of gigs, I think. We did memory. that too with Airborne. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. A, I remember that. It's it, all come flooding back. It was sad uh, when, yeah. when it closed because that yeah. was like an institution. I mean, like the old story goes that Jet played a gig there once to, I think it was like 10 or 12 people and, you know, like 10 of them were, you know, had flown in from LA to see this new kind of hype band. Yeah. 
That wasn't our, that wasn't our problem. <laughs> we were never that, we were never that band. And in so, hindsight, we were never going to be that band. And that's actually, you know, super cool for us too. We, we weren't really, yeah. we weren't that driven. Yeah. I guess you've got to be driven to take that next step. Big time. And perhaps better looking, you know. You're a good looking man. Oh, doing all right for 50. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I reckon. You know, I, uh, at, the, at the time we uh, lived pretty hard, so. Yeah. And um, talk to me about working in radio around that time as well. Um, yeah, I worked on, I didn't work because it was volunteer on Triple R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 1993 to 2008. So that's a really good kind of time span. Well, yeah. How had music changed? What was the biggest change you'd noticed in music from when you started to when you finished? Oh, it's hard to say because my show, I played a lot of old stuff. Oh, cool. It was like kind of 60s and 70s and I just made it up on the spot, brought in way too many records. There was no pre-planning or anything really. It was very... Yeah. um was very sort of fly by the seat of my pants. Maybe the last two or three years, I, I kind of got my stuff together yep. a bit better if I had to interview someone or whatever. Mm. So, I mean, the music changed around me, yeah. but I was kind of the guy who was stuck in, in the past. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, know, I did have modern bands come in, like I said, Blues Explosion and Dead Moon. And I mean, even nice. you know, White Stripes, they came in just before everything went crazy for them. Alice Cooper. Oh, no way. Um, guys from the MC5, all that. So I, I, I did have to do a little bit of pre-planning for that, but I was... I was pretty sort of rooted in music of the past. Yeah. What was yeah. your most nervous interview? One where you were just like, oh my God. They're, oh, they're... probably the MC5 guys. Yeah. Because Wayne Kramer's quite the force, you know, and it also had, as their singer was Mark Arm from Mudhoney on that, he was, he was sort of taking the lead singer spot because he'd passed. Yeah. So it was pretty intense. You know, an exciting time to be in radio when you're hearing these, I mean, like you're saying, you're playing, you know, music maybe from 10 or 20 years ago, but... You know, what was it like being in radio when, you know, the Strokes dropped, is this it? All these kind of iconic albums, the Vines, highly evolved, you know, the, it, it just started happening. Like how did Melbourne change? I think Melbourne, certain parts of it changed, but certain people like me back then were almost kind of grumpy and anti it. Okay. In yep. a way, like, you know, cause it's like when something that's your thing and you're very precious about then, then becomes a mainstream thing and you're like oh how come people like this band like they're not actually that good or you know and this isn't every case and not the bands you mentioned but it's yeah. like why why has everyone just suddenly yes jumped yes. on board this thing and i was pretty i guess kind of grumpy about it and that sort of forced it forced a band like myself and a whole bunch of others to just be more internal and perhaps a little more angry and more get even stronger in your sort of punk ethos okay you know like yeah, you yeah. want to do it yourself you know, and I'm not sure whether in hindsight it's because you were not that we were ever rejected because we didn't try for that major label stuff. But there was a there's a bit of that too. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to be really honest with you, there's like, oh, what's the fuss about? Mm. This stuff's been going on since I was playing yeah. in bands at the Great Britain in awesome, yeah. 1991 or whatever. Yeah. It's like there's no there's no difference. Those bands were better, but times change, yeah. and you also find yourself at that point. I was like a 30 something year old guy. Yeah. And even in that sort of thing, like that's a you passed your use by date as far as a, a real sellable yeah. thing. You know, you've got to be young. Yeah. Really. And yeah. I suppose like, uh, you know, I look at musicians like yourself and you guys are kind of in it for the right reasons. They're for the passion, they're for the music, they're for yeah. playing live. And I suppose I, I also noticed around that time, you got a lot of people that were jumping on like, oh, here's a chance to be famous quickly. Yeah. And therefore, you know, the, maybe the music wasn't as strong and there was a bit of a, you know, there was a bit of that going around at yeah. that time as well. And people mix and match bands or someone would say, oh, that guy's not not the right, and it happened in one yeah, of those bands we've mentioned, right. you know, it's yeah. like, this guy doesn't look right for your package. You're right. So they grab someone from another band who's a bit better looking and yeah. then voila, you've got yeah. a bunch of, you know, the right people that they can sell. Yeah. And then of course everyone's like, oh, really? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Well, talk to me about songwriting for you. Like when did you first pick up a guitar? When did that kind of become a big part of your life? Late. Like when I was 17, when I moved out of home, I wasn't allowed to have a guitar. I was one of those, you know, I'm the classic sort of tyrannical stepfather. Mm. Just say, oh, you'll be a punk. Mm. It's no good. You know, and I would hide away in the room and it it sounds like something that people would do in the fifties or sixties, but I would hide away in my room and listen to, um, listen to the radio and this is, you know, this is definitely aging me, but you know, when triple M was E on FM, because yeah, I remember sitting there on the day when that, when they changed frequencies, yeah, it would yeah. be listening on your AM radio and then they're like, okay, they did a big countdown or whatever. And then yeah. they change your dial yeah, and it changed over to uh triple M. So that was quite a, a thing. Um, so when I moved out, it was more about, I got an electric guitar because you know, nice. I wasn't allowed to have one. Not yeah. that I did what I was told, but you can't bring a guitar into a house where it's clearly not allowed forbidden and yeah. and there's you know already bad vibes in the house let's leave it at that but yeah. so it was something that i got into later which is actually kind of cool because yeah. i i didn't really know how to play and i mean i can play but it was more about the sound of the yeah. guitar yeah, at cool. that point and it still is mm. you know i still only know the same four or five chords can't do a guitar solo to save myself barely mm. join the club that's not me yeah you know well you're a drummer you know so <laughs> yeah, um, good call good call well played um, well played but uh so it's more about the sound and, and it sounds sort of cheesy, but the vibe of the guitar and, you know, we were all into fuzz pedals and yeah. just sound, mm. you know, bands like Sonic Youth and Mud Honey, along with bands like the Saints that were, the Saints were kind of, oh, when you learn about them later, their songs weren't simple, but they seemed simple yeah. and the Ramones and all that kind of stuff. It's more just about learning two or three bar chords, turning your guitar up really loud mm. and then screaming something into a microphone essentially you mm. know but then as as you get older and perhaps when say the double agents came around which was the second band although even listening to my earlier stuff i did like writing songs but i just didn't know i was writing songs if that makes sense yeah it must be yeah keep going so yeah. yeah yeah so it's a it's a it's like a growing process but i never sort of sat down and went i'm going to be a guitarist i'm going to write songs i was just the person in the band who did that yeah. And someone else would come along, you know, that's why I've, I've never played in a three piece band. Cause I really like having another guitar there that adds a different melody mm. and enhances the song, Yeah, you know? So, and then I had a band after the double agents, I'll jump around a bit Yeah, in 2008, um, Dave Larkin from Dallas Crane, they'd sort of wound up. He came to Europe as our bass player. Oh, is that how that happened? Yeah. yeah cool, and then okay. after that, me and him and another guy, Callum, formed a three-piece band where I played bass and he played guitar. And Dave taught me a, a bit a, a different stuff about songwriting, mm. you know, just about where to put melodies and harmonies. And yeah. we were sort of doing that, but it, but I, I hadn't had it pointed out to me that that's what you're doing and you can do yes. this different or, yeah. you know, and he still always wants me to, when I talk to him now, he goes, oh, it needs a middle eight. And I'm like, nah, that's not how, <laughs> that's not how the double agent stuff goes, <laughs> yeah. you know, so. But it's also always really good to get different opinions from different people that you're around and yeah. whether you make anything of it or not. Yeah. But um, now writing songs is different uh, very much because we took a 14-year break in the band and, and, you know, we've just released a compilation, but we're also really keen and, and we are. We, you know, we've got five or six new songs and it's like, oh, this is the first time I've actually written with a, with a purpose, you know, and we've got a recording date, whereas back in the day it was it – was, it was yeah. pretty made up yeah. as you went along. It really was. You know, there was no, you didn't definitely didn't plan three months ahead apart from when you were going overseas. Yeah, That's course. it. It was nothing, you know, because we lived in share houses 
we had no money mm. and it was just all about being in a band. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, tell us about those trips going overseas and, and playing live. Amazing. Yeah. The best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> and we always laugh about that. The ones, the bad times, yeah. you know, were, they're the ones that we all talk about, you know, I mean, I guess since we've got back together, we've all, we've talked about it and, you know, putting out a compilation record is like, oh, here's a photo from, you know, Berlin in 2004. Look yeah. at you guys at seven in the morning and you're drinking beer and you hadn't <laughs> been to bed. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, it's like the best of times and the worst of times, but I wouldn't trade the worst of, of times course. for anything, Yeah. you know, because it's a real experience and that's all, essentially, that's really all we wanted to do was yeah. because, you know, just listening to your the intro there about Australian music and stuff. And yeah. that's what we, you know, I'm obviously proudly Australian, but yep. I love the celibate rifles and midnight oil and mm. the hard ons and the cosmic psychos. And it was all about the beast of bourbon. It was all about this Australian sound Yeah, because we do have a sound. I, I think yeah. it's it, every band's different, but there's a certain attitude. I think that Australians put across, whether it be in music or even, you know, when we go to war, like the Anzacs or whatever, it's a, for me, it's like, yeah, we're Australian. And Australian bands were, um, what's the word? They were very, in an underground way, but very worshipped yeah. in Europe, especially. Yeah. You know, if you, all you had to do on your tour poster was put something like, you sounded like the Beast Suburban, and people would rock up, you know, because they knew yeah. what that meant. It meant that you were Australian, and yeah. they kind, I think they kind of knew that it was the real deal. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we see so many, you know, younger Australian bands with that, especially like a very kind of punky Melbourne sound, like Amel and the Sniffers and yep. the Chats, really resonating overseas to a, a whole new audience, a younger audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely younger. For us, it was, I think we did the same tour schedule that a band called Digger and the Pussycats did. Nice. And then I think the Drones took our tour schedule and then they went back again and we took their, like, we yeah. just sort of fed off each other, like unintentionally, but it was the same little, I think some of us are on the same label in France, you know, like nice. some obscure label in the Northwest of France, really cottoned onto Australian bands called Beast Records. And, yeah. and they, they helped us out a lot too, but yeah. you know, they were poverty tours, real, the world's worst van, yeah, you yeah. know, four weeks in a, in a van, which is, which basically like just a wooden seat in the back, mm -hmm. no reclining Mercedes Sprinter or. No, no, no. Gear, no. gear breaking down, car breaking down. It's cold, you're hungry. It's cold, no hungry. money. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. All of that stuff. But I wouldn't trade it exactly. for anything because it's, I mean, it's funny. Exactly. It's actually really good funny. It's fun to laugh about now. Yeah. I think a lot of people listening now in bands will, will, be, will know exactly how you're feeling, but yeah, look back with nothing but positive memories. And, you know, sometimes experiences like that can really, you know, make your band stronger. Yeah. Well, we were, when we, when we came back from the first tour, we were, we'd never played. I think we did 28 shows wow. in 32 days or something. Yeah. We'd never done that. I mean, we played a lot of shows in Melbourne. Yeah. We came back. Red hot. Yeah, we yeah, were red hot because yeah. I remember we played, I think we came back in December and in January we played with Mud Honey. It was the first show since we'd been back. Nice. And yeah. and it was on the side stage at the Corner Hotel, which, oh, yeah, I, which I really liked that because it's a small stage. We're, we're a small stage kind of band. It meant that you got to play first, but also third. Yeah. You two sets. So you'd play just before the headliner. And it's a, and it was like, whoa, you know, and I'm not egotistical about my band, but we were, that was a night that we were smoking. And it's because we'd just done. Exactly. 28 shows in a row. Makes you better. It does make you better. Yeah. Tell us about these new songs, the six or seven new tracks. Uh, yeah. Two of them we've, two of them we've sort of dredged up from in 2008. That's, where, 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I'm like, are these songs that you've had for a while and revisiting? Because sometimes when you songs you're... that were forgotten. Yeah, because sometimes when you revisit like an old demo or something, maybe at that stage you weren't in the headspace to finish it. But you know, hindsight looking back, you're like, well, this is great. We could do that with it. Take it in a completely different the direction. The band just conked out in 2008. People ran out of energy, you know, in in various forms. And then when it was just Kim and I, Kim's the other singer, when it was just her and I kind of left after Europe, it was like, I'm done. You know, I just need to, I yeah. need to rest. We did do some songs for our next record. I think three of them we pinched with me and Larko, pinched and put on a Guthrie Girls album. Why not? But then there's two of them that are absolute gems. So we're, we're back on those and I've got three or four new ones. We're doing one of them in the set at the moment, just throwing in. In fact, we're doing, at our launch in a couple of weeks, we're doing two of them. Nice. We're going to start with one. You know, just start with a, yeah. a brand new song. Oh, great. Yeah. It's, it's, lo- it's slow and lazy like Crazy Horse. You know, it's like when we discovered that song, I went, oh my God, I love this song. It gives me chills and I'm not into myself at all, but it's yeah. like, that's, that's a good song. How did we not do anything with it? For me, it's kind of like, ah, oh, that, that's a good one for the guy at the front of house to get the mix together too, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, of course. Just, just, and let us feel comfy on stage before we bang into the yeah. songs that were never hits, you know? Oh man. And they, um. The hometown shows are special, aren't they? Yeah. Especially when you've got new music to play and, you know, you guys have a, a fan base that have, you know, people have been waiting such a long time yeah. you know, to, to see you again live. You know, it's going to be a really special. Yeah. Day. I mean, we've only done, I think, four shows since, since we got back together. We're not, we're not doing many shows. Like this is literally the only head show, headline show we'll do this year, I'd say. Okay. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of work. Yeah, booking a gig, it's bloody. It's not, it's not. At, being back in a band is so much fun, but the behind the scenes stuff is like, oh my God, <laughs> now I know why I just walked away from it. You know, it's a, but then you need to, I had a chat with a friend last night. You need to focus on making a new record. That's, that's what we're doing. We will do shows, yeah. but I'm just, yesterday I had a blowout in my head. It's just like, I'm over this. I'm over chasing shows. Mm. Let's do the one in July and then whatever falls, falls yeah. and concentrate on making a record. Yeah. So, you know, being in a band, everyone thinks it's glorious. Mm. It has, you know, you have 45 minutes of glory, Yeah, but there's a lot, so much work goes on around it. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think, um, especially as you get older too, cause you're balancing oh. so many things as well, spinning a lot of plates. It's hard just to catch up with a mate for a beer, let alone or- yeah. organize a rehearsal. It's you know? really hard to catch up with a friend. You know, we got to get five people in the one room together. That's what I mean. One lives in Bendigo. I'm down the coast half the time. Yeah. You know, one's a single parent. Yeah. Two guys are like. What, it's it's really hard. So yeah, you and, know. And how are you finding? Are uh, you loving Torquay, living there? Yeah, I don't live there full time, part time there. Cool. Trying to get there full time, but uh, yeah, just beach beach for me is you know I'm your classic guy who's just been going there forever, and it's just like I've had enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a caravan down there, so I just go and hide away oh, in my caravan. Oh, nice. Yeah, play guitar, it's watch good. footy. It's good to have a place like that where you can just kind of escape, you know, for. Whatever reason, whether you're having a bad day, you know, there's a spot that you can go to and just be like, okay, this is good to get here and reset. And yeah, it's good yeah. to get out of town. If you're not, a, I'm not a Melbourne guy anymore. If I could, you know, and that's the plan is to get a full time place there. No. I'd only come back to watch footy. Yeah, maybe you know, I could do four or five gigs a year if I'm lucky. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Who do you follow? Collingwood. You're. Well, uh, you might get a granny this year. I reckon I'm I Richmond. I knew Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell. No. Um, who knows? Yeah. I'm not counting my, I'm definitely not counting my chickens before the hatch. Yeah. You know, you're younger than me, but I, I grew up crying through grand final loss after grand final loss. So oh, that was my life for did, my first 10 years of my life or whatever, maybe more. Did you get to the replay against St Kilda? No. Okay. The only grand final I've been to, we lost to Brisbane. So yeah. 
It was not a good day. No, mate, no, no. And the West Coast, yeah, actually, I'm going to stop bringing yeah, all yeah. these things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, music's uh, a, a big part of your life and, it, and it's helped you get through some pretty tough times as well. Yes. Are you finding that, um, you know, revisiting music and, and kind of writing songs has, has been good for you? Yeah, it has. Yeah. Are, are we dancing around the fact that I've got cancer? No. No, okay, that's no, good. Yeah, no, not at all. It I'm, seems okay to yeah. bring it up. Only you know? if you want to talk about it. That's well. That's why the band got back together, and that's why we, that's why we did a compilation record. It's like, oh my god! Like literally, when you when you get these kind of things thrown at you, yeah, you literally have to clean out your garage. Fact, actually, like you have to clean out your garage yeah. because you don't want anyone to have to go through your stuff. But also, in a musical sense, it's like, oh, I want to put my best stuff in the one spot. Yeah. You know, and everyone's like, oh, let's do it. Let's have fun. And we're all actually having, it's been really good for everyone, not just me. Yeah. To uh, have the band back together. It gives us, I don't know. It's, we, we, we were always friends when we broke up. Like none of us thought we always stayed in touch. Of course. Yeah. You know, we just stayed mates, which is, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, but this has given everyone a new focus. They're helping me out, but they're also really enjoying it themselves. So it's, uh, yeah. it's good for us all. It's always been, I find music, like, um, it's just been always this thing, right? That can put you in a headspace like nothing else. Yeah. You know, whether you're writing or you're, you're listening to an album or a song comes on, it's something where. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have an obsession back because I didn't have it. Like I barely picked up my guitar for 10 years. Yeah. Because I was working, I mean, that's where I'd seen you around, I think, as a tour manager for other bands. Yeah, exactly. I stopped playing in bands and just worked for other bands. Yeah. And, um. Then by the time you get home, you don't want to hear any music, really. It, it is like that, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, it's, you know, being a, t- a TM, it's, that's exhausting too, yeah. isn't it? That's Yeah, it's um, heavy behind the scenes kind of stuff and long hours. Yeah. <laughs> and also just seeing how hard it is. Yeah, exactly. And we were talking about, um, you know, a mutual friend, Callum Barter before, who obviously does a lot of awesome production work living in the States. Shout out yep. to Callum if you're living, if you're listening now. But yeah, it is, uh, you know... TMing, being in the studio, it, it's, they're, they're long days. Yeah, they are. And we've, you know, we've already touched on what goes on behind the scenes. Exactly. So there's a lot of work for 45 minutes of glory. Absolutely. Well, the glory is going to be in a couple of weeks' time. How's your guest list going? I imagine that's going to be absolutely brutal. Yeah, everyone's funny. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Can we go? It's like, ah, it's 20 bucks. Just buy a ticket, <laughs> Just mate. Just buy a ticket. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not Taylor Swift. There's <laughs> no waiting for us. Yeah. Just get on the Northcote Social Club you know, website and there you go. No waiting room. Yeah. And that is, a, that is a great place to play. It's it, a beautiful it, little it's, room, it's isn't it? It's a beautiful room. Yeah. It's got so much history. Um, you know, everyone knows about it and that's going to be kind of a real celebration, isn't it? You know, every, all your family, all your friends being in the yeah. same place and, you know, getting to these, getting to hear these songs that mean so much to so many people yeah. as well. And I think it's a good, I think it's, I chose it cause it's actually a good sounding room. Yeah, I chose I it for two reasons. It's a good sounding room and there's places to get food beforehand. That's important, right? It's really important. I don't like a venue that's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you yeah. can't go and get some Vietnamese or some yeah anything, you know. I feel like Vietnamese is almost the, thing, the, the best thing to have before a gig. Yeah, something sort of medium heavy. Yeah, medium heavy. Don't want to. I mean, you could could do pasta, but it would just put me to sleep. Yeah, so. exactly. The last thing you want. What oh, time? Yeah. Who are who else is playing with you on this show? Uh, Plastic Section. Nice. Who are a kind of newish semi rockabilly garage band. Yeah. And um, Dave Larkin Electric. Oh, great! Which I mean, I might as well tell you now. It was supposed to be Dave. Yep. Because he's a mate, and yeah. we've been mates for thirty years. And it's supposed to be Dave and the drummer. Just he goes, I'm going to do a two piece thing. Yep. Ra 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 ra. Okay, okay. And then he got busier and busier and like he goes. I might ask Chops, who's the bass player, and he goes, do you mind if, like, I've talked to the rest of the band, to Dallas Crane. Oh. Do you, 
Do you mind if just the whole band plays? Oh, it's, yes. So it's going to be Plastic Section, Dallas Crane, and the Double Agents. Oh, that is so, so cool, man. They just announced that yesterday, I think, in a semi-secret oh. way. But here I am telling everyone. Well, that's great. Well, by the time this is out, everyone's going to know. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, dude, I've got to wrap this up yes. with a little bit of a game that we play with every artist that comes in. On Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O, it's time for... Uh-oh, it's Right Party or Dinner. So this is called Right Party Dinner, right? Okay. I've got like this randomizer machine that they kind of created for this show. And uh, you've got to write a song with one of these acts, party with the next, or the third you've got to take home to dinner with the family. Okay. So I'm going to play you three artists. Got to write a song with one, party with the next, third, take home to dealer. dinner. Pick completely at random. Who we got? ACDC. And nothing else matters. Metallica and... Let it be, let it be, let it be. Yikes. <laughs> Good Jeez, luck. That's a tough one. Or was it write a song with... One of them, party with the next, the third you take home to dinner. Oh, well, I, I, everyone would probably pick write a song with McCartney. It's not my favourite Beatle, but I do have newfound respect for him. Yeah. Seeing, you know, the behind the scenes doc, it's like, oh, that guy does that much. So, yes. Yeah. So, we're uh, writing a song with. Writing a song with McCartney. Okay, I like that. Party with ACDC, Bon Scott Days, you know. Uh, yeah, you can pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's got to be got to be then. And then, what are we cooking for this band when they come home? And nothing else. Maybe take him down to the Torquay Hotel. Oh, I'm, prob- I'm not a Metallica fan at all. I'd probably cook something really horrible so they'd leave. <laughs> well, that's the truth. I'm not gonna. I don't, want, I don't want to go down in history as go. Oh, you really like Metallica, dude? <laughs> hey, Dave. This has been such a pleasure, man. Cheers, mate. Can't wait to hear these songs live. Get down to the Northcote Social Club for those in Melbourne going to be really special great to have you in it's awesome just to see you again i feel like we're running into each other more than ever it's been a real privilege man it's great to see you again and you too thanks so much for having a chat thanks mate awesome